All right, and now we're joined by Chris Shanafelt, who's a NFL draft. Uh, I call you a scout. Yeah, can I call you a scout? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. So Kristen does a lot of interviews with a lot of prospects. Um, you can find his work on Twitter at Chris Shanafelt. Um, but Chris, we're gonna go through my list of wide receivers real quick that I would like to see the Jets draft. And you let me know if you think I'm missing anybody initially. And then after that, we'll kind of talk about maybe an under-the-radar kind of guy who can potentially, after a year or year and a half, get adjusted to the NFL and who can contribute as well. Sounds good. All right. So starting off with my list, obviously, I have Jerry Judy. Um, there are some uh, conversations being had right now about who is the top wide receiver from this draft. And that conversation revolves around Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and CeeDee Lamb. As far as the Jets and what they need, it's really a toss-up between Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. But I heard early in the process that they have the eyes for Henry Ruggs. But my first three in order is Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb might struggle to separate initially because he didn't get the opportunity to show he can do it in the big 12. Um, but I think like most people, when they see CD lamb, who do you see when you see CD lamb? Let's start there. Yeah. You know, I see a, I see a pretty physical specimen. I mean, a, a nice combination of uh, size, speed and height. Uh, so yeah, size and speed, excuse me, but yeah, I think, I like C.D. Lamb maybe right behind Henry Ruggs. Um, I think I, I think C.D. Lamb is my number two receiver in this year's draft class. I, I think he's a guy that could make an immediate impact for a wide receiver needy team, maybe a team like the Jets. I'd like to see him maybe a team like Jacksonville. I think those would be some really nice fits. I certainly see a first-round talent. Um, and, you know, that, that obviously says a lot, especially when talking about this wide receiver class. It's possibly the most talented receiver class that we've seen. And I think it all starts with those three guys that we named, the two Alabama guys, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, and then C.D. Lamb. I think those are undoubtedly the, the top three this year. Yeah, so when I see C.D. Lamb, I'm, I'm starting to get into pro comps, right? So when I just watch them play, I see a mix between DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas. If you remember when Michael Thomas came out, some of the knock behind him was that he wasn't, fast and people were wondering if he could actually separate at the next level and I think he's obviously proved a lot of people wrong but that's who I see when I see CeeDee Lamb I don't think anybody who drafts him would be wrong for picking him over Jerry Judy but it's for me it's just a personal preference at this point um, I think mm -hmm. Judy might be the most ready to play right now wide receiver of the top three that I have so we're going to move on to Somebody else and who's in that tier A list for me, and that's Justin Jefferson. So Justin Jefferson quickly became one of my darling guys. He was somebody who I just thought did everything well. And he, again, he's one of those guys that depending on where he goes, um, it may take a year or so for him to catch on. But I think once he does, he'll be a star. When I look at Justin Jefferson, I see Devontae Adams. Do you see that comp at all? That's actually a really interesting comparison. I mean, certainly when watching Justin Jackson, he's probably one of the better athletes at the wide receiver position in this year's draft class. I know at the combine he ran a four four five 
40-yard dash to go with a 37-and-a-half-inch vertical. So that right away jumps out at you. And then seeing the success that he had, obviously had Joe Burrow uh, throwing him the football at LSU. They go on, they win the national championship. So, I mean, the proof is really in the pudding already when dissecting his film and uh, you know, and then, you know, he answers the questions at the combine. Actually, I think he impressed most people at the combine. I don't think many really expected him to put up the type of numbers that he did. So that only helped his draft stock. And like you said, probably um, moved him more so into the tier A of the wide receiver class. And you bring up Devontae Adams. I'm not going to lie to you, Tabaria. I'm pretty awful with player comparisons, but <laughs> Devontae Adams is certainly a comparison I could see when talking about uh, Justin Jefferson. All right, so I won't get in, I won't ask your opinion on my pro comparisons. I'll still give them, but uh, I, I know. That <laughs> oh, I, I love them. I love them. Me personally, though, I just I'm terrible at, at giving them. All right, so yeah, Justin Jefferson is one of my favorite, and um, the, the thing with the Jets is these are my tier A guys, right? I don't think that they're gonna use that eleventh overall pick on the tier A guy. I think that they'll probably go offensive lineman, and if they do that, I'll be okay with that on one condition, and that's if next year they put themselves in a position to get Jamar Chase from LSU, Justin Jefferson's running mate, because he is special. And I think he's somebody like all these wide receivers are special, but Jamar Chase is special, special. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what a lot of people were saying about Jerry Judy this year too. And uh, you know, you, you see how the year plays out. Obviously it's a, a fine year for Jerry Judy, but now it's, uh, oh, it's the other Alabama wide receiver that might go ahead of him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and then I made a note about that, that I think Jerry G was the consensus number one wide receiver for so long that people just said, okay, this is what he is. Now we got to find something to nitpick about him to say, you know, maybe he isn't as good as everybody said he is. And Henry Ruggs, the Alabama wide receiver, wasn't getting as much hype initially. And now that that draft process kicked off and it's about to come to an mm-hmm. end here, and that boosted his stock up because he's really good. Um, some of the national media have said that the easy comparison, but it's the most accurate, is that he's Tyreek Hill without the baggage. Yeah, I mean, he really blew up the combine. Uh, you know, obviously with receivers, you always want to see what, what 40 they run and how high they can jump. And Henry Ruggs obviously uh, really blew both of those two aspects away at the combine is even his basketball highlights are, are kind of going viral on social media now. So yeah, I mean, sometimes the draft process itself could maybe not necessarily hurt prospects, but make you forget exactly who they are on the football field. And in the end of the day, that's the most important. I mean, uh, you know, I think, I hope the NFL doesn't think too much about Jerry Judy where they, they find themselves, you know, landing somewhere where it could be damaged right away, like a Green Bay late in the first round or something like that, a team that needs a wide receiver that would never expect or never think in a million years that that type of talent would be there late in the first round. And then all of a sudden you got Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to, you know, Jerry Judy, again, a guy that you can make an argument. Um, is the number one wide receiver in this year's draft class. And like you said, he, he's kind of been the consensus for, you know, longer than a year now. Yeah, and it's just really going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out because he's been the consensus and then Henry Ruggs came out of nowhere, and I think he's the betting favor right now to be the first wide receiver taken off the board. So we'll see how it all shakes out. 
So, yeah, so those four guys you talked about is going to be the A-list guys, and I don't think the Jets are going to draft them. I think they'll continue to build the offensive line around Sam Darnold because we've seen in the past, once he has time to throw, he can do some really special things with some not-so-good talent. But when we look at the B-list of players that I want the Jets to draft because ideally they'll take one of the top tackles at 11 if they stand pat and wait for the second round. I would like to see them move up a bit in the second round so they can ensure they get one of these next two guys. That's going to be either T. Higgins from Clemson or Brandon Ayuk from ASU. Now, with T. Higgins, there's something going on with him. Um, He's not impressed people at all. uh, I think he took the combine off, I believe, because Clemson had a late run into the playoffs. And so when he did run, his 40-yard dash was like, I think it was four or five, four. And that had got a lot of the national media concerns. So when you look at how that compares to the top guy on my board, Jerry Judy, he ran a four, four, five. But some of the things that T Higgins does well, he does a great job of high pointing the ball when given the opportunity. And so I don't know when I see him, I see Brandon Marshall minus like a couple of inches. Brandon Marshall wasn't a burner either. When I saw him play with the jets at least, Um, but he did a great job in that red zone threat, high pointing the ball and doing all of those things right. For Brandon Ayuk, his draft stock has slipped a little bit because he's been hurt. He was supposed to participate in the Reese's Senior Bowl, but he got flagged for a minor hip issue. Um, When he was healthy, he could play. Um, He did a lot of that yards after the catch stuff. So when I saw him, when I see Brandon Ayuk, my pro comparison for him is Devontae Parker who once he escaped Adam Gates just got a big extension in Miami. <laughs> so uh, let's hope Brandon Ayuk doesn't have those same troubles. But assuming the Jets go offensive tackle in round one, I would like to see them take either T. Higgins or Brandon Ayuk in round two. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, obviously anything can happen, but it sounds like you mentioned how Brandon Ayuk, his draft stock is kind of taking a hit here now due to some injuries. Um, there's still some – possible late round one chatter though about him so when talking round two I think T Higgins might be your better bet and I think that might actually pay off for an NFL team um, at the next level a little bit more Um, you know I'm doing some research here on the go I mean 20 percent of his catches at Clemson were touchdown receptions I mean this is a guy that has the playmaking ability he's got experience playing all three receiver spots on the outside in the slot. So this is a guy where you can use him really anywhere um, that, that you draw the plays up for him and, and he'll make them. And he's done that obviously throughout his time at Clemson. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, a bigger bodied wide receiver, I think he measured in at six, four over 200 pounds. So, um, you know, when, when you think about a Brandon Marshall type playmaker, that, that certainly excites you if you want to bring up that uh, comparison to a guy like T. Higgins. I mean, um, certainly seems like the best is yet to come for the prospect himself. And if the, if that happened like that in the Jets draft him, I would hope that the best is to come. So uh, we're going to move on to the third tier of wide receivers that I want the Jets to draft. And the first guy I want to talk about is Michael Pittman Jr. from USC. I don't believe he's going to last to the third round because a lot of the um, pre-draft traders that he's been rising up the board, um, he has the surest hands 
of any of the wide receivers that I listed, I'm going to list in this C level. I got a chance to watch him a lot, me being a USC fan. And his big body just allows him to climb the ladder and snag those 50-50 balls from opposing DBs. I had a hard time coming up with a pro comparison for this player. So I did a little um, research myself and Lance Zerline of NFL.com compared him to Cortland Sutton, who I admittedly haven't watched much of. Um, but when I looked at Michael Pittman, if I had to put a comparison to him, I see Marvin Jones from the Detroit Lions. Hmm. Who's that's, a good player? That's an interesting one. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great player. Uh, very underrated wide receiver. I know Michael Pittman, uh, he has the bloodlines as well. Not that it means anything to, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, you, you have success at the next level, but his father, former NFL running back, Michael Pittman, senior um had had a lot of great years with the tampa bay buccaneers arizona cardinals um was a former first round draft pick but uh yeah michael Pittman, i've watched a little bit of his game as well i mean he has you know talking about like a guy like t higgins he brings the size um he has that usc connection with sam darnold maybe it's a guy that they want to bring in i don't think they played together at usc though i think they may have missed each other by a year but there is that connection there He's been one of the top receivers in college football. This is a guy that I remember was getting some hype last year. Um, I thought that he would be a surefire first-round pick. Here we are now talking about possible round two, round three. Um, you know, I, I remember one thing, though, when as impressive of a receiver he is, this is a guy that seems very active and very willing to uh, block as well, which obviously playing at the next level, you're going to have to do that. I mean, we're kind of seeing the running game uh, come back to life here in the NFL the last couple of seasons as it at one point looked like it was going away. Uh, Michael Pittman, I think, it, it, I mean, I think he could find a, uh, make his impact right away on an offense, not only as a receiver, but as a key blocker as well, uh, making important plays for uh, other ball carriers. Yeah, I don't think he's going to last to the third round, but if you can get a Marvin Jones in the third round, I think you'd be pretty happy. Next wide oh, yeah. receiver on my list in this third tier is going to be LaViscus Chenault. I hope I said that right, from Colorado. <laughs> so I think poor testing at the combine really hurt his draft stock. But when he's on the field, he's good. He's like a jack-of-all-trades. He's able to track the long ball well, and he can break tackles to earn those extra yards. Colorado used him as an athlete out of the Wildcat a lot. Um, one thing to note about him, he's not quick, as evident by his 4 5 eight, 40 time, but he's fast. So once he gets going, a lot of teams, like, I don't remember ever seeing him getting caught from the back, from behind. And when I watch him, I honestly see Ty Montgomery. He plays wide receiver, but he looks like a running back. And, and has experience playing running back as well. You know, one of those gadget type players, you know, kind of insert them wherever you need them at, you know, wherever the matchup fits best at, uh, you know, game to game, week by week. Um, admittedly, I have not watched too much of Chenault, so you would probably know more, better than I do, um, Tabaria, but I see here Lance Zerline compares them to Sammy Watkins slash Greg Little. So it, it seems like this could go one way or the other. Sammy Watkins. Uh, you know, obviously hasn't really lived up to the hype of being a 
you know, top three, top five draft pick, whatever he was years ago by the Buffalo Bills. But Greg Little, a former second-round pick who was out of the NFL in, I want to say, three years, but was known for dropping passes more than he was actually receiving and catching the balls. Uh, so it sounds like this, this pick could go one way or the other, according to uh, Lance Zerline. But, uh, you know, certainly – uh, it kind of looks like a, a physical specimen if you get that uh, uh, Sammy Watkins comparison, or even Greg Little. He was a great athlete. If you get those comparisons, I mean, you're, you're obviously a, a great athlete. Didn't run the best 40 time, as you mentioned, but, uh, you know, listed at 6'1", 227 pounds. So it sounds like, uh, you know, he could be a guy that could be pretty tough to bring down once the football's in his hand. Yeah, when I say Ty Montgomery is a pro comparison, that's actually a good thing. Somebody who's versatile. <laughs> that really helps, and I know Jets fans could potentially see that as a slight as seeing what Ty Montgomery did with the Jets this year, but I think that was more of an Adam Gates thing than a Ty Montgomery thing because all of the reports in training camp was that when Ty Montgomery was on the field, he was making plays from all the beat writers. Then the season came, and he just disappeared. I don't know if something happened and he fell out of favor with Adam Gates, but you know when he was on the field, he made plays. So... I don't know. I, I see him as a playmaker. That's what he's going to be, but he's eighth on my list of, you know, where I want the Jets to go if they decide to take a wide receiver. My ninth pick, though, is Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota. All Tyler Johnson does is make contested catches look easy. He's a guy who I think just from the national media is projected to go in the late, later rounds for some reason um, because he's not fast. He doesn't have the speed but he's just a solid receiver. And for that, he's my late-round darling. All he does is win. When I watch him, I see a mixture of Jarvis Landry and Stephon Diggs. He has the hands of Stephon Diggs, and Jarvis Landry has good hands too, but Jarvis Landry is known as a burner. You know, you kind of you kind of snubbed me snubbed me here, Tabaria. You know, luckily I came prepared. I got a couple other guys in my back pocket, but this was going to be one of the guys I was going to bring up that I'd like to see a team pick up. Like you said, he's probably going to be a day three guy. Um, if I had to put my money on it, probably round four or five. Uh, one thing that has kind of hurt him. I don't know if anybody has really taken a big as big of a hit as Tyler Johnson this draft process. Um, seeing as, uh, you know, smaller smaller hands, smaller arms for, for a wide receiver, but he didn't participate in any event at the NFL Combine. A lot of people were really curious as to what he would run that 40-yard dash in. He said that he's going to wait and hold off for his pro day. Well, you know, fast forward to his pro day, that never happened due to the pandemic caused by the coronavirus outbreak. So he didn't get uh, an opportunity to show teams how fast or, or how quickly he could run this 40-yard dash. A lot of people were thinking he might be a 4-6 guy. So if he were to be able to run anywhere in the 4-5s or maybe high 4-4s, that really would have helped his stock quite a bit. Um, but when watching his tape, and I, I, I actually caught a couple of his games live during the season, I remember watching the game late in the year against Northwestern. Uh, he had a really big game there. And then, uh, you know, final game as a gopher against uh, at Auburn, 12 receptions, over 200 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, when you turn on the tape, the guy constantly makes plays, even without the ball in his hand. This is another one, one of these wide receivers who's more than willing to block. And uh, Minnesota's running game really, uh, really took a big jump because of it. Um, 
So, yeah, Tyler Johnson, he's going to be a guy that a team, I think, is going to get lucky, and he'll be there in the fourth or fifth round, and then he'll be one of these guys that um, maybe not from day one. He'll, he might have to work his way up the depth chart a little bit, but I think he's going to turn into a really nice prospect, a really nice pro receiver uh, in a year or two. I'm really hoping he does, especially, you know, because he's a, a local for me kid from Minnesota. So, you know, I like to see those guys get shots, especially when a lot of national media doesn't think that they can uh, play with the big boys. And his least productive game from last year, Tabaria, uh-huh. at or, or against South Dakota State, three right. receptions, 28 yards. <laughs> so he shows up. He shows up for the big games. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the guy had – uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games with over 100 yards and a score. So, um, you know, shout out to South Dakota State. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that game and I was like, oh my God, South Dakota State might actually pull this off. They had <laughs> just the, the most excellent play call and on offense and defense that I can remember. I thought, man, I get to talk trash to a lot of University of Minnesota Gopher fans if South Dakota State wins this game, but Minnesota ultimately held out and went undefeated for a while there. So shout out to South Dakota State. <laughs> so if you can tell, um, I think there's been a trend here of the different kind of wide receivers that I have. And that is they're a lot bigger. I don't really like the shorter wide receivers. Um Usually like six foot, six foot one and up. Those are my prime targets. But you know, there's still some shorter wide receivers. I'm not. I'm not gonna say that short wide receivers can't play because there's obviously some good ones. And one that I to round out my list, the one that I want to see is Jalen Rager from TCU. Comes in at five eleven. There was a lot of confusion that happened because he was just known as a speedster during his time at TCU and that's what people wanted to see at the combine but at the combine he ran a 447 and people were really confused they said what happened and just the national media said well he looked like he put on some weight so he can participate in the combine and that probably slowed him down so apparently according to Schefter an NFL team asked him to drop some weight and do his program do do his pro day again, tape it and do all this other stuff. So he did. He dropped some pounds and he ran a sub four three both times at his pro day. Four two two and a four two eight. So that's good for his draft stock. I think that really helps it. It shows he has that athleticism and the speed in order to compete at the next level. But when I see him, I see and this one, I didn't give too much thought into it, so I don't know if this one's gonna stick by the time I watch some more tape, but Brandon <laughs> Cooks. That's yeah. I mean, that's that's an interesting name. It's one of those guys who fits that mold in, in terms of his uh, height and speed. Uh, you know, obviously the easy one is Tyree Kill. I know you mentioned that uh, that name earlier, but uh, you know, when, whenever you run a, a four-two forty-yard dash, uh, you know, you're gonna draw that type of comparison, especially if you're a, a smaller wide receiver. Um, you know, this is a guy that I know. Being here in Chicago, a lot of Bears fans are hoping the the Bears target and maybe use a second or or 
They don't have a third-round pick. Maybe he falls to the fourth round. That's very unlikely. Um, this is another one of those guys who, like you said, after this uh, mock pro day, seems to his stock seems to be on the rise after it fell just a little bit during uh, the, the NFL Combine. I, I mean, as big as a fan as I am of the NFL Combine and of pro days, uh, I always, I always say you have to go back to the tape, though. You know, the guy could run a four-three, forty-yard dash. He could jump a forty-inch vertical, but what's he do with the helmet and pads on? How does he produce? How does he perform? And uh, that, that's the end-all, be-all for me, at least. I know a lot of people kind of grade, uh, grade prospects differently, but uh, yeah. So, so when talking about Jalen Rieger, uh, he, he could, he could be one of those instant impact guys in the right situation. You know, obviously if he falls to number 32, Kansas city, they took uh, Nicole Hardman last year, obviously they got Tyreek Hill. So probably uh, wouldn't really need a guy like Jalen Rieger. But I mean, if he were to fall there, that would obviously be a, a perfect situation, another weapon for Patrick Mahomes. But if he were to land somewhere, you know, like uh like a, for instance, Detroit or Cleveland, I, I'm not really sure those would be, very good fits. Cleveland could be a pretty good fit. Uh, Detroit, obviously, that I mean, you could probably say that wouldn't be a great fit for just about any prospect just because, <laughs> at least on the offensive side of the football, because the, the quarterback situation is kind of up in the air. Um, but, yeah, so J- Jalen Rieger coming in at number 10, uh, you know, I think he could be a guy that possibly sneaks into the first round, probably not likely. But, um, I, I, me personally, I think I would be surprised if he's there by the start of the third round. Yeah, and so, like I said, I'm not saying that short wide receivers can't be good because, as you mentioned, Tyreek Hill is 5'10", <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. is 5'11", so there's definitely some pretty good short wide receivers, but I don't see Jalen Rager being an Odell Beckham Jr., but, you know, I've been wrong before. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, Christian, you're going to tell me about some wide receiver prospects that everybody, I guess, should be looking out for. And we're back. All right, Kristen. Um, let everybody know about some wide receiver prospects that could be some good NFL contributors here, maybe in the first year, maybe in a year and a half. But who should we be looking out for? Okay, so I really like, uh, first and foremost, I'll start with Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. Uh, he's uh, one of these big-body wide receivers, a guy that you would really like if you haven't gotten a chance to watch him, 6'3", 220 pounds. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that goes in the third or fourth round. Uh, you know, one of these guys that instantly, and it's, it, it's, it's weird because he's probably, he's coming off of the best season a wide receiver has ever had in the NFL, but instantly I see shades of Michael Thomas. And obviously Michael Thomas, he didn't have the greatest draft process, you know, the greatest combine. He fell to the second round and now, I mean, right away had an instant impact in New Orleans. Um, I think Antonio Gandy-Golden maybe not, might not be to that level of a player, but I, I see a lot of shades of a Michael Thomas or an Alshon Jeffrey. I think he could have a lot of success at the next level. He's one of those guys that very big, very physical, um, you know, uh, kind of a, a, a toss the ball up and, and, you know, really, really good at come down with the 50, 50, uh, balls and, uh, had a lot of success, uh, last year at Liberty. Um, 
really really showed up big at the uh, Reese Senior Bowl as well. Only uh, helped his uh, draft stock there. So I think Antonio Gandy Golden is the guy that I'll start off with. Um, probably around three or four guy. Uh, I think uh, I think he ran a four six forty yard dash. So not a blazer, but certainly uh, uh, able to hold his own at the line of scrimmage, get past defenders, and again, really big at uh, winning the fifty fifty. Uh, balls really a, a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses at least he was at liberty again not the biggest program but still one of these uh you know not a power five program but still uh, played some decent competition then i'll go uh for my or do you do you have anything to add on gandy golden are you familiar with his game at all i am not but just to mention about sean jeffrey made me want to go do some more research on him so <laughs> Yeah, and I mentioned Michael Thomas. I think Alshon might be the, you know, again, I'm terrible with player comparisons, but I think Alshon might be the closer comparison when talking about the two. Again, you're not going to find a Michael Thomas just uh, every year, and you're not going to find Alshon either. But I think uh, Gandy Golden uh, could certainly be that type of a playmaker at some point. Um, another guy I really like, Tabaria, is Antonio Gibson from the University of Memphis. Uh, he averaged about 20 yards per reception last year, eight touchdowns on, on 38 total receptions. Uh, so this is a guy – okay, so you know I love Taysom Hill, uh, the, the New Orleans Saints quarterback, wide receiver, special team standout. Whatever you ask him to do, he's out there doing it. Antonio Gibson, in my opinion, is probably the next Taysom Hill, if there ever is one. Um, and I think he could he could take that position to new heights, the, the athlete position, if you will. A lot of success at the wide receiver position last year at Memphis. But uh, he also had success running the football as well. Uh, I think teams are probably viewing him more so as a running back, but he got the job done at wide receiver as well. <clears throat> um, he even threw... Uh, the football there at Memphis as well, uh, throwing for a couple of uh, touchdowns. But uh, this is a guy that I think um, – I know a lot of people project him at wide res- – uh, excuse me, running back, but I think his best fit might be at slot wide receiver. I think he could be um, – you know, we're only one year in, but I think he could have a, a Terry McLaurin-type impact where McLaurin was taken in uh, round three last year and uh, he was one of the better rookies um, at any position last year. I think, I think Antonio Gibson could have that type of an impact on a team next year, not, not only at wide receiver, but other positions as well. Yeah. So I'm familiar with him. Cause I think if this is the same prospect, let me know if not, well, he's also a guy from Memphis who is really good at kick returns. Yes. 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 Uh, standout uh, return man as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm familiar with him only because, yeah, and Memphis was on on the national spotlight a lot because I think they – did they end up winning their conference? Do you they did, yeah. yeah. So I got real accustomed to him watching that conference <laughs> title game. So that'll be one I think Jets fans will get excited about because if, you know, he played running back, he can give some depth to Le'Veon Bell, but mm-hmm. they also need help in that wide receiver room. So if he's to do it all back, I can see him – jumping into that position and you know the four three nine forty yard dash that he ran at the nfl combine only helps his draft stock and then uh i'll throw out another name and this is kind of a late riser if you will 
Um, Matt Miller of Bleacher Report actually said that, you know, he, he says that this is his sleeper and that he thinks uh, he's heard from teams that, that have said that they would take this guy somewhere in the second or third round. I don't know if he goes that high. I think he's more of a fifth, fifth round draft pick. I think his ceiling might be fourth round. But Matt Miller is hearing teams like this guy in the second or third round, and that's Isaiah Coulter of the University of Rhode Island. They actually had three prospects in the NFL uh, combine. Coulter was one of them. His cousin, who's also a wide receiver, Aaron Parker, uh, from Rhode Island, was at the combine as well, and then an offensive lineman, um, Kyle Murphy, who's a guard. But uh, Isaiah Coulter is the guy that Matt Miller has heard, supposedly, that teams like him in the second or third round. This is a guy that coming from the FCS, you know, smaller school, actually for, for went, uh, uh, actually decided to come out early, foregone his senior season, and uh, entered the NFL draft, and he gets the NFL Combine invite. Um, this is a guy that he's six, almost 6'2", I believe, almost 200 pounds, so he has some nice, nice, uh, length to him, nice speed, four four five forty yard dash, and um, you know, at Rhode Island, I was able to watch a couple of his games. You know, they didn't ask him to run too many routes. It was more so, you know, uh, just, just run forward, run straight, beat your defender. We'll throw the ball up to you. Um, another one of these kind of fifty fifty ball, fifty uh, fifty. Uh, guys that had a lot of success at coming down with the ball, but this is more so one of those developmental prospects where I highly doubt he has much of an impact year one. Um, maybe he helps the team out on special teams, but I, I wouldn't expect too much more than that. But I, I think this is a guy that, with the right coaching staff, with the, being in the white in the right wide receiver room, uh, I, I think this is a guy that could really turn into a quality wide receiver. Um, a couple years down the road, it's going to take some time, but he has all the all the pieces and and the size, the speed that you'd like to see in a young wide receiver prospect. Yeah, this one completely stumped me. Um, I have not heard anything about this guy <laughs> at all, so it's, I'm I'm just glad that um you know you can come on here and give me and everybody else some information about some guys who they may not have heard of because that's a possibility here. Like this is a deep, deep, deep wide receiver draft. And Isaiah Coulter is one of those people who contribute to that. Yeah. I mean, it's again, we said it earlier in the show, this might just be the most talented wide receiver class that uh, we have come across. Uh, You know, the first one that comes to mind is the 2015 class with Odell Beckham and uh, you know, all the guys that uh, came out that year, but this class, I mean, at least in terms of college productivity, um, it, it looks like this class could have that one beat. I'm really excited to see how all shakes out. Draft is, what, about a week or so away here. So Ten days away, my man. Ten days away from the magic of it all happening, or the first round at least. And I just i am excited to see how it all shakes out. Um, I know you are as well to see what your Bears are going to do in the second round. <laughs> Got to hope. Got to hope. They got two two second-round draft picks, so definitely got to make the most of that being out of uh, round one, obviously. All right, and with that, we'll wrap it up here. Thanks for joining the podcast today, Christian. I'm sure we'll have you on again shortly. Um, talks about some different prospects. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, T. Always a pleasure.